Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh, uh-uh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now. No, 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 no. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo. Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Good morning and welcome into the Cap and J Hood Show on ESPN 1000 with my guy Jonathan Hood. I'm David Kaplan. Shay's in the EP chair. Jay Moore is back from LA and he's at the controls. And we got the phone lines open at 312-332-3776. Hoodie, I did a lot of thinking driving in today. That sounds dangerous. Yeah. I already got the the discussion with my wife last night. You'll hear about that, about my behavior on the plane the other day. She sent it to you. My wife and hoodie are texting last night. But as I drove in, and we're, you know, you don't like Justin, you're an idiot. You don't want Caleb, you're an idiot. That's the way our whole society is right now. This is, tell me I'm wrong. This is the most exciting off-season in my lifetime in Chicago sports. And hear me out why. Okay. We have, again, I'm not telling you he will be this guy, but we are drafting what most every analyst, coach, are saying. And you'll hear from a former college head coach who's done a bunch of NFL scouting, who's, what he said about Caleb Williams. If we're drafting him, we're drafting the one of the most exciting prospects to ever come through. The mm-hmm. roster is already markedly better. Oh, and you also have the ninth pick. Oh, you also have a ton of cap space, mm-hmm. and you're trending in the right direction. You also are going to find out in the next few months where the new stadium is going to be built. This offseason is going to be the most impactful the most legacy building we've ever witnessed. And hear me out why. In 05, going into the White Sox season, no right. one thought they were winning the World Series. No. Nobody. That's one. Two, when the Cubs won in 16, yeah, they were good, but they didn't make any insane acquisition. John Lester was already there. They got, I think, Zobris, but they didn't. They got um, Dexter Fowler to decide to come back for one more year. But it wasn't like they went out and signed LeBron James, and now here we go. Okay, so you were excited, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, all the moves they made. Mm -hmm. The Bulls, Michael wasn't the number one pick when the Bulls got him. There were people that did not want to take another guard. They just liked a, him. Uh, just a guard overall. It's like, you're taking a two-guard? Right. Nobody was about ever this. had built around a two-guard. You're exactly right. right. Yeah. And as the run went on, yeah, they got uh, Rodman to replace Horace Grant. Like, there were some cool things. But the team was already really good in the 90s, and we knew had a great chance every year to win. The Blackhawks, eh, it's, it's still the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved it. I went, it was great, it had a great run, but you, the whole city wasn't caught up in the offseason going, oh, wow, who did we get in the draft? No. That's just not exactly not how it was. This season, this winter, into the spring, into Indy for the Combine, free agency, are we trading the pick? Are we taking Caleb? Are we getting Brock Bowers out of Georgia? Are we getting Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors or Marvin Harrison? In the end, this will define the future of the Bears for the next handful of years. And if you do, and I think, and I think you agree, they're taking Caleb Williams. If, if he is who everyone says they think he's going to be. We're setting ourselves up for one of the greatest joy rides other than the 90s Bulls we've ever witnessed. Khalid. 
Yeah, so I'm excited about the Bears only because this time last year we were excited about the Bears. Yep. It's, it's, it's something about the number one pick, Cap. When you have the number one pick, yes, you are mad because the team underachieved that, oh, my God, we're so bad we get the number one pick. However, that means hope springs eternal. That means that you're going to be able to get the best of the best uh, from the college football class and to be able to build your team that way. Now, listen. I don't necessarily believe in tanking, but I know that's a way to be able to win championships. We've seen it around here, right? We saw this with the Cubs. We've seen this with the Blackhawks. So we know what that looks like. What I'm saying is is that I'm excited. And instead of being able to fight every day about who should stay and who should go at the quarterback position, how about take a look at the team as a whole and say, okay, you went from three to seven wins, and now you're looking to be able to figure out what's next for the Chicago Bears team. To have back-to-back number one picks – yeah, there's an ineptitude with that, but also on the other side, you hope that you could be able to be whole as a franchise and have what we talk about every morning, sustained success, because that's what I'm looking for. We've seen championships in in this town, but we have not seen sustained success with the Chicago Bears in quite a long time. So the excitement level is there, but it gets contentious, as you well know, about Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields. And my whole thing is, is that they're trying to turn this thing all the way around with other draft picks and whatever else they do in free agency. That matters too. It it does. It's just as you lay out the case, and I was talking to you, Shay and Jay Moore this morning, and you start to look at what is in front of them. It's pretty freaking exciting. And when you hear what David Shaw says about Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. even the biggest Justin Fields stand has to get excited. They have to go, wow, if that guy's right, we're setting ourselves up for a whole lot of fun here. David Shaw is the former coach at Stanford for a long, long time and had opportunities to go to the NFL and kept staying at Stanford, and eventually his run ended at Stanford. But David Shaw was on the moving the Sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah, who was on with Waddle and Sylvie the other day. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to play this for you right now. This is David Shaw on Caleb Williams. There's only one 10 out of 10 that I've seen, and that's Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Um, when Trevor Lawrence came out, I thought he was the best since Andrew. Um, Caleb Williams is the best since Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's not a 10, he's a 9999999. How about that? Not a, If he's not a 10, he's a 9.99999. Yes, that sounds like a can't miss cap. Right. However, but again, here's here's what's interesting. Yes, I'm excited like you are about what could what could be on the other side. Mm-hmm. A, a a team that could be able to be in the playoffs every year because of the way it's built. It's built from the ground up, and hopefully that up means that we'll see a Super Bowl championship again under this regime. But here's the thing: I would agree with the assessment of that coach because he see Caleb Williams. I, and I've seen Caleb Williams, you've seen Caleb Williams. The thing is, is that when you say, and you've said this many times, around here people don't know what a good quarterback looks like. Right. Well, I mean, and, and so there's fear from some Bears fans that say, yeah, I saw Caleb Williams against Notre Dame, so I don't like what I, like, I see, or I don't know who Caleb Williams is, but I know who Justin Fields is. What I would say is, is that, hey, you should be optimistic that you're going to have the number one pick and someone that can make a difference. And I I understand the fear, Cap. Look, I understand the fear from Bears fans that look at this and say, man, I know that Justin Fields is, that's my guy, and I feel like he can be the one to turn it around with an offensive line and with other weapons. But if Caleb Williams can be able to replicate in the NFL what he did in college, my God, man, the sky's the limit, you would think. The sky is the limit. And yeah. I was reading an article The Athletic put out. They do such a great job at The Athletic. Yeah. The article is, what an effing mess the Jets are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it shows Robert Salah, Nathaniel Hackett, and Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. it says, Aaron Rodgers, Robert Salah, and how the Jets season fell apart. Something has to change. It's an effing mess. Mm-hmm. Okay. A year ago at this time, when they finally got the trade done, everyone's like, boy, how cool is it to be a Jets fan now? They're all in to try and win, and they got Aaron, and they're doing this, and they're doing that. 
I will argue with you there are not many. There are some, obviously. They're playing in the Super Bowl. Many better situations than what the Chicago Bears have going right now. They signed or agreed to a deal with Thomas Brown last night, who was Mm -hmm. the Panthers' OC. In a poll of uh, players around the league, he was one of the top three offensive coordinators. Top three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He interviewed for the head coaching job in multiple cities, didn't get the head job, and the Bears are, pay- from what I was told, paying whatever it takes. Financially, here's the checkbook. Get it done. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they got him to be their what's called their passing game coordinator. So they are, just step back for a minute and look, they are building an infrastructure to help train, in my opinion, Caleb Williams with Shane Waldron and Thomas Brown and the new wide receivers coach they just brought in. They are building this infrastructure of guys who have success on the offensive side of the football and in Thomas Brown and in Shane Waldron are considered to be really good teachers of the quarterback position. Ah, Right there. There is the key word right there in that sentence, Cap. Did you hear, did you hear yourself speak? Teachers. Teachers. Aha. Right. That The teachers of the quarterback position. What you're building is a master class of experience that can help a young quarterback. Now, again, for those that love Justin Fields, and I, listen, I understand that point of view. You're probably saying, well, why can't you get that infrastructure for Justin Fields? Why can't you give him another voice? Well, I mean, listen. This is Ryan Pohl's decision. This is his show. You know, for those those conspiracy theorists from the 80s and 90s that think that George McCaskey has the marionette strings that's making all this go, no. He's just getting his steps in. No. You all right, pal? You all right, George? No. I mean, he's got the marionette strings. He doesn't have that. No. This is Ryan Pohl's job. This is his his, his baby, right? And so I like the idea that the Bears are finding offensive not necessarily offensive gurus, because I think that that's overstepping. But those with experience, teachers, that can be able to foster this new quarterback that's coming in, and Caleb Williams, if that's what happens. It, it's super cool because I was more than a little concerned. I think I, I wasn't alone in this, that when you announced Eberflus is coming back, that you were going to have a tough time putting a good staff together. Who wants to go there with a lame duck coach? Right. Until Albert Breer, our guy, said this. Yeah, um, well, let me put it this way to you. Like, I, I think some of the guys who went through there and did, you know, interviews, um, did the coordinator interviews there, one of the things that excited them about the job was the chance to take Caleb Williams. And, um, you know, I... Like in those interviews, I, I will say that you know Matt Eberflus, from my understanding, like he did defend um, Justin Fields and his performance and stuck up for him. So they ex- they were excited about the chance to take Caleb Williams. Now they're spending money to beat out other teams. There are a bunch of teams still looking for an OC. Luke Getzey's interviewing for the second time with the Patriots today. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, it's today New Orleans. I think today's New Orleans. Second interview in New Orleans. Dang. He's interviewed with the Raiders. He's interviewed with the Patriots. And reportedly, he's a hot candidate. Like, people really like the dude in the league. People in Chicago, not so much. Shane Waldron was the best available OC on the market. And the Bears pouched and got him. Cost, whatever it takes. Now they go get Thomas Brown. Now they go get this guy. Now they go get that guy. And all of a sudden you're like, hmm, new quarterback, another weapon, and let's go. Yes. So I'm going to equate what the Bears are doing to what the Lions were before they were in the playoffs under Dan Campbell. And that is methodically building it. And again, you, every organization thinks they do it the right way. I can't even use that phrase, Cap. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah, we're going to build this the right way. We're going to start from scratch. Well, you know, there's some pitfalls along the way. There could be injuries or bad drafts or a missing free agency. So I can't say build the right way. However, I'm going to equate the Bears to what we see with the Lions in that the Lions, for all the ineptitude, all those years and not being able to find a way into the playoffs, um, you know, bad draft picks and bad choices. Well, I mean, here's a clean slate for Ryan Poles to say, okay, I'm going to put, put this organization in my image 
and we're going to be able to work with a quarterback that I did not draft, but we're going to try to work our way through and see what Fields can do. We're going to be able to spend money on, on the defense. We are going to be able to look at free agency and, again, spend wisely. We, when we talked about the, how much draft, how much um, money that the Bears had to spend. You know, last year we are talking about, wow, how much money did the Bears have? They didn't go all in and spend it all on just one guy. Right. So methodically, just kind of like the Lions, the same way, built through the draft slowly, built through free agency to where it is. And so this is why I look at the Lions as a litmus test. Uh, I mean, as much as the Packers beat our ass, I like how the Lions were able to build to where they are right now. I think that Ryan Poles is going to try to do the same thing. The only difference is, is that the veteran quarterback, Jared Goff, is not going to be with the Bears. They're going to try to build, I think, through this young rookie that's uh, to come and Caleb Williams. Yeah, it's it's going to be a super cool next three months. All of February, that starts tomorrow. All of March and all of April. End of April, we're going to have a lot of news, whether that is the new stadium, a new quarterback, a, a new Exactly, Kaleeb. A well, new support system for Justin with mm-hmm. multiple weapons. It's all exciting, man. And I cannot believe we're as divided as a fan base as we are. Like, I don't think people have really stopped. You know, they go, oh, the Bears, they stink. There they are. Dude, this, on the home of the Bears, I say this loud and proud. This is the most exciting it's ever been to be a Bears fan other than in the 80s when we were winning big. The Chicago Bears are trash. Hey, Steven, stick it up your keister, man, because right. you're way out of bounds there. Okay, well, don't, don't get on Steven, eh? He thinks that the Chicago Bears are trash. And by the way, it's up to the Bears to be able to change that narrative, right? I mean, it, I mean while you're in last place... And while you're trying to dig out of this thing, yes, you can still be considered trash. Now you want to clean that trash off of you and be a perennial playoff team. Now, this is this ex- this is a- exciting uh, of an offseason for the Bears since last season because last season they had the number one pick. I thought that this offseason for the Cubs would be exciting, that they would have some fireworks in the air. So anytime that you feel like you can build on what you already have and, and incrementally build, hopefully to be a, a playoff team, it's always exciting. But, you know, there's been off-seasons, Cap, where we, we've covered it. Sox, Cubs, uh, the Bulls, the Bears, where it's just kind of a lousy off-season. You know, you've underachieved. You didn't get to the playoffs. You just throw a little money into a hole and then kind of run it back with the, the assets that you have. No, it's different with the Bears uh, th- this time around because of how many different ways that they can be able to build this thing. It's not just we're looking for one key free agent and we give them all the money and we go all in and then we're going to try to uh, run this thing back. No, there's all these different places on the depth chart that the Bears have to be able to fill. All these different places in the in the draft where you got to hit, I would say, at least 60% of your draft this time around again, top end of the draft to be able to fill those holes and the depth. So I, I think it's exciting in that regard that it's not just one big fish we're looking for in free agency. Right. And when you look at the amount of money you're going to be able to cut off your books when you move on from Cody Whitehair and probably Eddie Jackson, mm-hmm. whoa, they're going to be north of $70 million. Seventy, mm-hmm. And the number one and number nine picks, it does not get more enticing than that when you look at the talent that's on the roster. But you talked about how divisive the city is. It's not about the Bears as much as it is the quarterback position, as you well know. You're, we're, we're riding this thing every day. All The whole station's riding this every day because the only questions that Bears fans have, there's no argument about number nine, the number nine pick in the, in the draft. People Who's aren't even up? talking about no. it. No, well, who, no one's arguing about it. The, the, old, the reason why we're divided right down State Street about the Chicago Bears is the quarterback position. And we all know that's the most important position on the field. Who's going to be able to have the ball in his hands, the line share of the time, and make a difference offensively? I, hey, listen, that, I mean, no one's arguing about 
who they should have on defense or what they should do with uh, Eddie Jackson. No one's arguing about that, and they, and they should because those things matter too. But as far as the Bears, the only reason why we're divided is because we don't know who the quarterback is or people don't know who Caleb Williams is. That's all that is. That's what it comes down to. But you got to trust Ryan Poles in this regard. He's picking a lane. You may not like the lane he's driving, but he's picking a lane. The lane that he chose when he got the job was, hey, George, your team has, is expensive, old, and ineffective. How about young assets and young players to be able to reimagine this franchise? And, and George went with it. That's a hard sell, Cap. I'm just telling you, like, George says he doesn't know football. He knows losing football because his family's seen it a lot. He knows what bad football looks like. Correct. But that's a hard sell on the other side of that desk to say, hey, um, all these you know, big-ticket uh, big guys you have in your team, how about we shed payroll? Now, I'm sure that resonated with George. Oh, shed payroll? Sure. Yeah, we're going to rebuild this thing uh, the right way. In, my, in, in, in your image, and my image, we're going to find the right head coach. He thought that is Eberflus, and we're going to find a quarterback for the future. And this is what he's done. This is the selling. And, and George and the rest of the McCaskey say, yeah, if this means that we're going to be in the Super Bowl or be a perennial playoff team for the future, let's go in that direction. But that's a hard sell, Cap, to just say, yep, tear it down. Let's start over. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Let's go to the phones. It, I don't know if you agree with us. I feel like this is the most exciting time because a lot of the success our city has had over the last thirty years has been as Sylvie Nick, aptly nicknamed it, pop ups. We didn't see the oh five White Sox coming. We did not see the twenty fifteen Cubs coming. The 16 team really didn't do that much in the offseason. They got Derek Dexter Fowler back, and they made the deal to get um, Ben Zobrist and Tinkered. But their, their yeah. other heavy lifting getting John Lester was the year before. So that is my question to you. Is this the most exciting time we've seen as a Chicago sports fan in a long time? Picks one, nine, a ton of cap space, and an improving team? Let's go. Let's go to Derek in Brooklyn on Cap and J Hood. D, what's up, kid? Yo, good morning, Cap Hoodie. How y'all doing, man? We're good, man. How We're are great. you? Great. Thanks for checking in. I'm great, man. Yeah, always, always. Listen, Cap, just curious. Um, when I heard you mention the fact about the new passing coordinator being hired, I kind of um, had to do the rock eyebrow go up. Um, do you think, I know you might not know, but do you think that the Bears when they were interviewing Cliff Kingsbury about the OC job, maybe mentioned to so we're listen, if we don't hire you for the OC, would you be interested in the passing coordinator job just for the fact that he's on staff at USC? And to answer your other question, very excited about what's going on right now. Listen, man, the Bears ain't got nowhere to go but up. You heard Correct. me? Up, baby. And that's what we're going to do, and we're going to get these free. We're going to get Hunter. He's going to be the next defensive end alongside Montez Sweat. The defense is going to be solidified even that much more, and we're going to get some great draft picks, man. Listen, Jay Hood, Cap, love you guys. Always listening. Go Bears, bear down, baby. Take it easy. Have a great day. You too. There's our guy Derek in Brooklyn. So all I know is on the Kingsbury thing, he's had multiple interviews, Hoodie, and no mm-hmm. one has hired the guy. Nobody. So I well, remember, you know remember Wani Juan, told me, I had dinner with Wani the other night, and he said, you want to bring him in as your quarterback's coach? That's fine. He's good with that. Do not bring him in as an OC. And I would assume that would mean passing game coordinator type stuff because of the gimmicky type offense that he ran at Texas Tech and at Arizona. I, I think that the other factor, Cap, of when it comes to Kingsbury is I just think um, a little bit too hot, too steamy for your room. That's what I believe. Right. A little bit too attractive, a little bit too hot, a little bit too steamy. Right, too many women you, driving up to Lake Forest. Yes. Uh, Coach Kingsbury, Ron? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that you want that. You don't want them knocking on the gates. Yeah, you, you don't want, you know, it's Cliff here. Well, what about the players? No, I just want to see the hot, steamy offensive coordinator. Right, there's oh. the new quarterback. Nah, not interested. I just want Coach no. Kingsbury. <laughs> just be careful of that, Cap, because you be, if he's in the room, you know, watch out for your wives and girlfriends. Here comes Cliff Kingsbury. Correct. Just saying. Uh, 312-332-3776. So how excited are you? You you should be over the moon where the Bears are headed. I, I, I just think it's a super cool time, man. I do. Every day we hear about them getting another assistant coach. One that was coveted, Shane Waldron, 
They stepped up and paid. Somebody told me yesterday, dude, that guy's getting paid a lot of money. The Bears have not skimped at all on what they're paying their coaches. David Shaw, the former Stanford coach who evaluates players now, Here's what he said on Caleb Williams. There's only one 10 out of 10 that I've seen, and that's Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Um, when Trevor Lawrence came out, I thought he was the best since Andrew. Um, Caleb Williams is the best since Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's not a 10, he's a 9-9-9-9-9-9-9. Damn! And he's going to be ours if we want him. And people yes. aren't excited? Come on well, now. Only because, Cap, you, uh, again, it is very difficult to change culture. Not just talking about in the building with the Bears, but as far as the fan base is concerned. You know how many times that the Bears fan has been scorned? Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when you look at an offseason and you're excited about what's supposed to be in the draft, when you're supposed to go left, the Bears go right. When you see a free agent, the Bears, you know, will, will shy away from it and get less than. Now, this is what it was in the past. But what I'm saying is, is that listeners to our show on a regular basis have been Bears fans for 10 years, mm-hmm. 20 years, 40 years, 50 years. And so they've lived and died with this franchise, different regimes, different coaches, and different off-seasons. So I understand the cynical nature of, of us as Bears fans because we've seen this before. But, but we haven't seen this before in that you have back-to-back number one picks. Now, again, it's, it's all about hope. All of this fandom that we all have is wrapped around hope. The hope is is that you get the number one pick, and if that number one pick is Caleb Williams, and you move on from Justin Fields, that this number one pick can pay dividends for you right away. All the draft picks and everything they want to do in free agency is all wrapped around hope. And what I'm saying is is that my my hope is that this is different than what we have seen in the past. And if it's not, they're all going to get fired. But I have no other choice but to hope that the Bears can be able to get this right. You know why? Because I'm not going to I'm not going to burn my Walter Payton jersey I got from Dino's. I'm not going to burn my Vince Evans jersey or my, my other Bears paraphernalia just because the Bears fall short. This is who I am. I'm a Chicago sports fan and I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I'm not going to turn a blind eye to the organization if they don't get this right. And also, I'm a Bears fan before I'm a Justin Fields or Caleb Williams fan. The idea that we've been hearing calls over the last few months about how um, you, know, you love Justin Fields and you don't care what the Bears do, well, Justin's part of the Bears, and, and guess what? If Justin stays if he, or if he goes. Then we cheer for to, him. Yes, yeah. But then when he moves on to someplace else, we root for the next guy. Correct. That's, that's, that's the point. Right? That is correct. My buddy Shane uh, from the Tape Never Lies Network, he and uh, Phil put a show together. He just texted. He's listening. Yeah. There's a picture on Instagram. You and your two best friends can rent this 55th floor, three-bedroom, three-bath apartment in downtown Chicago with over 70,000 square feet of amenities right now available for only $2,186 per month each. Guess who liked that? Who? Caleb Williams. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Caleb Williams right there. Likes. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I am going to have millions. I get us one of those. (laughs) <laughs> right. See? Uh, 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 another another clue, Cap. Another clue. That he's looking forward to being in Chicago. Correct. Kenosha yeah. Randy says, "Hey, at the Cap Man, Packer fans had to listen to an entire summer of we're coming for you when you guys got Jared Allen. Then there were the last couple summers to see that light <laughs> coming closer in the tunnel. Seems like you can't screw this one up, but that's right." Right. <laughs> you know you know why? Because that's all we have is hope. Right. Yes, I, yes, I do remember <laughs> Jared Allen. Yeah, well, yes, because you thought that was solidified the defense at the time. Of course, look at that name. Look at what he uh, the skins that he put on the wall. Yeah, we felt good about that. Right. But 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 you know what? He Randy's right. Because there's no smack talk at all until the Bears can actually get this thing turned. I well, see, this is why this show is is level headed when we talk about the Lions and the and the Packers because you have to compare the Bears and what they're trying to do to the teams that are ahead of you. The Vikings are in that situation as well. Right. Who knows what they're going to be here in the off season? I guess my point is is that it's, we don't diss the Packers or the Lions in this show, and and the reason why is because well they've gotten it right, and what have the Bears done? Well, they're still spinning their wheels until they can find a way to get out of this thing. So here's what I think is going to happen. My prediction as of mm-hmm. today, 
Reserve the right as more data Uh becomes available. Save this, Jay Moore. Fields is going to be an Atlanta Falcon. And potentially, potentially the Steelers could be in there. They just hired Arthur Smith, who did a good reclamation project as the assistant in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill, a similar style quarterback, not as talented as Justin. The Chicago Bears are going to take Caleb Williams. They're going to get one of the receivers or Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia. They're going to spend a bunch of money in free agency. May get Danielle Hunter. They really like him if he hits the market. We're going to the playoffs next year. That's what's happening. Wow. Well, wow. we're 4-13. and 13. Don't play that, Jay Moore. <laughs> Band audio. Take that. Take that. That never happened. Take that. Exactly. All right, we'll get to your calls. Uh, is this the most exciting time we've had as a sports fan? Because everything else has basically been, with the exception of the Bulls, pop-ups. Oh, there's a championship. See you later. The 18 Bears. Oh, 12-4. Double doink. See you later. Can't get back. So that's where I'm at. I think Hoodie is getting on board with me. Plus, the Lions are keeping their offensive coordinator. What does that mean for us? 312-332-3776. If you're on hold, as Hoodie says, you'll be on the air. Next. Checkmate one six. Landing suppression on target. That's why I see him in the shot. Shot or no shot with Cap and J Hood on ESPN one thousand and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in the shot. Shot or no shot. It's a staple every single day at eight o'clock, and it's brought to you by our friends at ESPN Bet. Brand new, awesome, download the app, $100 in bonus bets with any sports book bet when you sign up at ESPN Bet. Hoodie and I always have a lot of fun with the man who is handling all the questioning in Shot or No Shot. That would be Shea W. Norling. Good morning, boys. Hoodie, uh, out on the road. Kaplan, how are we? I'm good, man. How are you? I feel great. I feel great. I'm ready for another edition of Shot or No Shot. Um, Cody's at the Ritz in Evansville. I didn't even know they had a Ritz in Evansville. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, you mean the Ritz Cracker. I think that's what you meant. I heard they got a a Morton Steakhouse in in there, too. You're living large. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, when you get to this city, you lock the door. So I don't know what else is uh, was out, outside that door. Maybe they do have a Ritz. I have no idea. But they the kill the cow here. right outside in the farm, and then they bring him in. <laughs> That's okay. the steakhouse. <laughs> wow. I guess. I guess. I don't know. Uh, just it has a Hootersville kind of feel to it around here. Just what, one person at the desk. She's doing all the work. She's cooking the eggs and bre- and the breakfast this morning. She's answering the phone. She's cleaning up the area. So. Uh, one woman uh, act around here, apparently. That's impressive. All right, let's get yeah. started with Shot or No Shot. <laughs> uh, in an interview with Grain's Chicago Business, Rob Manfred, commissioner of Major League Baseball, said the White Sox building a new stadium in the downtown area would be a, quote, game changer, and that he believes the organization can get it done with no new taxes. Construction could be partially financed by the league because apparently... Stadium construction can be deducted from your revenue sharing, uh, but the key is Manfred's desire to get a new Sox park in downtown Chicago. Shot or no shot, the White Sox being downtown would be a game changer. Your team, your dance floor. When you say game changer, that means... I, I, I don't know what Ma- Rob Manfred meant. I don't know if it means it's like a... Game changer to have another team in the downtown area of a major market. Yeah. If it's a game changer in terms of like a new era for Chicago White Sox baseball, that it would change the vibe there. I don't know. I don't know what he means. Like, what yeah. does game changer mean to you, Hoodie? Would it be a game yeah. changer if you're going to the Sox Park at the 78th as opposed to 35th and Shields? Well, it's a good question that I asked, though, right? Because when he says game changer, all I know is that the White Sox have underachieved a ton. Uh, they could be at the 78. They could be at the 35th. They could play in South in South Shore. Uh, they've had their underachievement as a team. So game changer as far as 
amenities or the way they look at, at building stadiums in the future. I guess from a Major League Baseball standpoint, that's a, a game changer. But as far as the Sox, you could be in a new stadium, but if you still suck, it's just the same team, right? I'm not saying that by the time the, the Sox build a new stadium that they'll be in the same position, but it does. the future does not look bright at this point in time. It's a game changer, I guess from a Major League Baseball standpoint, because it's a new stadium, that's a shot. But as far as the Sox... Kev, I don't know how to read that. Game changer for what? The uh, Sox? Does that mean new new ownership around the corner? Who knows? I do believe it is a game changer for these reasons. All of a sudden you go from, and this is not a shot at the area that the stadium is in, it's just factually speaking, there isn't a lot that attracts people to the area around guaranteed rate. They've got the Shy Sox Bar and Grill, cool. They've got a couple of places in the area right off you know, the, the bars there. What is it? Cork and Kerry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, basically, Bridgeport is where you got to go if you're going to the Sox game. Right. You don't go, hey, you guys want to go to hang out in Bridgeport tonight? You do not. That's not a shot at Bridgeport. It's just a fact. There's a lot of cool homes. It's really become gentrified. Wrigleyville, when the Cubs are out of town or it's the winter, people go hang out there. It's a cool area. There's restaurants and shopping and bars and all of it. And I think putting the White Sox... In this area, with a cool stadium, with a bunch of restaurants that are within walking distance already, and what they're going to develop around there, their plan is to have high-end shopping and hotels. Dude, that is a game changer. It puts you on an amazing trajectory to make it a destination. Yeah, but with the White Sox, it's about winning. And that's how it is for the White Sox fan. It, it's a we are a very very difficult fan base to impress, as you well know, Cap. Is we just don't go to the ballpark like robotized sheep just because the lights are on at a guaranteed rate. You know, we we will go with families, we'll have fun at the games, but you have to make this a new tradition. Could it be a game changer? That's the hope. I'm just saying that the way I see it now, it's kind of a it's kind of a pipe dream. Right now, I don't. I don't see that it's that is going to happen right now as a Sox fan. What I'm saying is, when you say game changer, you know, may, again for Major League Baseball, yeah, because maybe the new stadium could be built like other stadiums moving forward, new stadiums. But as far as a team, remember you got to win. That matters, Cap. You can have all the amenities around it, but you got to win. You just don't walk up just because it's new. No doubt about it. But it's like putting the, the baby sapling in the ground or the seeds got to water them you got to till the soil that's what this is you build the stadium you start to develop around there and all of a sudden 20 years from now people look back and go holy cow was that a brilliant decision jerry won't be around at that point he'd be 107 but for future white Sox generations this links that team to this city for the next 50 years you're not going to have to listen. Oh, Jerry was talking to the mayor of Nashville or Jerry's grandson is talking to the mayor of Honolulu. They're going to put a team out there. Nope. They're the Chicago freaking White Sox. Game change. Yes, for generations. Yes, yes, Cap. And for generations, it'll be the kids and kids' kids that will say, Frank Thomas didn't smile at me. I'm not going back to the ballpark. That's what the kids will say, so, just like their parents and grandparents used to say. So my buddy, like one of my dearest friends, Joe Liberti, he lives in Bridgeport. Yeah. He, and he's a huge White Sox fan. He says, Cap, mm-hmm. we need the White Sox here. We just have to add to what we have. Stadium near the South Loop will be a traffic bottleneck near the Loop. That they have to figure out. The uh, infrastructure mm-hmm. down there. But for the mm-hmm. fr- like, if I owned the White Sox... Going down there, for me, is a game changer. If I lived in Bridgeport, like Joe does, absolutely I want to keep the team and continue to build up around it. So, yeah, interesting discussion. I think they're moving. All right, CBS Sports put up a new trade proposal for Justin Fields. The Las Vegas Raiders, in need of a quarterback, would receive Justin Fields and a 2025 sixth-round pick. In return, the Bears would get... The Raiders' third-round pick this year and a 2025 third-round pick that could upgrade to a second if he plays 75% of snaps and a first if they make the playoffs, the Raiders. Shot or no shot, this would be enough to deal Justin Fields. Basically, two third-round picks. 
two third round, but if he plays seventy five percent of the snaps and he does have an injury history, he becomes a second round pick. If they make the playoffs, it's a first round pick. Yeah, I would take a shot at that. Unless you tell me yes, that the Falcons are coming in with an eighth pick overall, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Hmm. I, I like that, Shay. I think that that is a shot, and I like the parameters around that as well. So I, I would say that's a shot for me. Is there any concern about them getting fleeced on the way back? Like, I, I had somebody talking to me about you had to trade up in the first round to get Justin Fields. You want to get a requisite comp back. My counter is always Ryan Poles didn't make that trade. That was a different front office. You just got to get right. what you can for the asset that you have. Well, that'd be like me buying a house and then paying whatever the number is, 500 grand. The house costs 500 grand. And then we found out three years later there's some structural issues or it's on a floodplain. Well, I paid 500. I got to get my 500 back. Sorry, I'm only offering you 250 because I got to rebuild the foundation. I'll take what I can get. I think that's only fair. <laughs> I think that's fair uh, because as you laid out, Shay, and I wrote it down, he's owed two, two third-round picks, right? Yeah. Yeah, two third-round picks. And then you talked about you know if the Raiders would make the playoffs, one of those picks would be a first-round pick. Correct. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's a shot for me. Yeah, I I, I like that that what you're I like. It's not necessarily like this great haul, but it definitely solidifies you number one in the second round of the draft. You know, and so I I like that a lot actually. Yeah, count me in. All right, I, also, I write down everything Shea says. By the way, I write everything down on the yellow pad. Yeah, love, we gotta get it. a board for all my hot takes, and then we can. <laughs> See how bad I do. Uh, Danny wants to know. He just called. Do you want? They're doing a special ceremony in Canton for the 2023 Ravens top five team of all time. You yeah, want to be there? Broadcast. Oh, I'll be there. Okay. Number three all time in DVOA. DVOA loses once again. Correct. All right. Uh, I did some research yesterday on Super Bowl starting mm-hmm. quarterbacks and where they were drafted. So I made this easier on myself and eliminated anyone drafted before the common draft in 1967. That means 56 quarterbacks since that draft have started the Super Bowl. That's it. Just 56. 12 of them were number one picks. That's the highest amount by any draft position. 30 of 56 were taken in the first round. And of the 14 that made multiple Super Bowls, Five were number one picks. No other draft position had more than two. Shot or no shot, I proved that the number one pick is the single most productive place to find a quarterback. Shot, depending who that number one pick is. You don't just take the guy because he's number one. Like, I didn't want Bryce Young. Too small. But this year, or Joe Burrow, or Trevor Lawrence, who I still think is going to be a really good player, or Andrew Luck. Or John Elway, Peyton, or Manning, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. Manning. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, that's a shot. Absolutely. Uh, your your uh, research, and by the way, you should be able to copyright that. <laughs> copyright that research, Shay, because it's yours and yours alone. You proved that, yes, the number one pick, that's it right there at the quarterback position. So kudos to you on that research. You said you had nothing to do. You said that you were bored. And guess what? You put something out there that you should put on social media and copyright. I was listening to Carmen and Yurko yesterday, and they had another caller that I can't remember his name, but he called in and he said, how many number one quarter pick, number one pick quarterbacks have not made the Super Bowl? And I was like, mm-hmm. I, I've heard that a hundred times. So let's find out. And then I went further. 25 quarterbacks have been selected number one overall in the draft. Mm-hmm. More than half of them have started a Super Bowl. 52% See? of number one quarterbacks have started a Super Bowl. <laughs> Sign me See? up, man. See? Sign yeah. me up. And the hope is that the Bears can be part of that that research at some point, Cap. Think about that, right? Yep. You get the number one pick, and that, that, that number one pick at the quarterback position pays dividends to the point where you get to the Super Bowl. This is why, you know, we've forgotten a little bit about Joe Burrow when we shouldn't because, you know, the injury. But here's a guy here early in the Super Bowl, and he'll be back there again. That team will be back there again. Hopefully the Bears will be able to. If it's going to be Caleb Williams, then he can lead the Bears there as well. It would be so cool, man. All right, Shay. 
All right, Tom Brady confirmed yesterday what we all already knew when he was on with Pat McAfee. Listen to this. Spoke to a lot of broadcasters um, from this entire season, uh, just learning from them, people, current broadcasters, ones that have done play-by-play um, analysis. And it's been really fun. I've connected with a lot of fun people. I've got great notes. I could probably write a broadcasting playbook at this point. <laughs> Um, but it's been something that I really challenged myself, and, and I really look forward to get on there and call games for Fox in twenty in, in starting in September. I've been out to Fox Studios a few times and done some some really dry runs with Kevin, who is tremendous at what he does. I'm super excited to join an amazing team, um, Rich Russo, Rich Russo, and Richie Zions. Um, you know, we've we've talked a lot about football. We've talked a lot about how I see the game, and I think Greg's done an incredible job. I have so much respect for him, how he approaches his job. He's super prepared in what he does. Um, I think he does an incredible job every time he's on. I love listening to him. Um, and, and I'm just going to go in there and do the best I can do with my own perspective. And I certainly have had a unique vision and perspective of the game of 23 years. It's unique. You know, I've been a part of a lot of, you know, I've been a part of a lot of Super Bowls, championship games. I've had some, you know, seasons that didn't go the way we wanted. I have some injuries. I was undrafted rookie. I've seen guys come in with great expectations and not meet it. I've seen underdogs like Julian Edelman come along and make it. So, again, I think I've had 23 years of just observing, and I, I get to go on now and speak to a wider audience, and I used to probably use my body and my brain out there, and people would see me kind of lead the team down the field, and now I get to do that in a different way using my voice. How about all the praise you heaped on Greg Olson as he was whacking him out of a job? Sorry, Greg. Oh. You're awesome. Shot or no shot, Tom Brady is doing Greg Olson dirty. No. No shot. No. He got a That's job, no man. They offered him, yeah. two, what did they pay him? $350 million or something? 365 yeah. I think. It's something crazy. Okay, he didn't put a gun to someone's head at Fox and go, you're paying me that money or I'm pulling the trigger. No. They just said, that we want you. Guess what? Life isn't fair. That's the fact. He's Tom Brady. No, hey, listen. This is a smart move by Fox because it's more than him just being in the booth, as we know. He's talking to partners. He's helping Fox on a whole bunch of different levels too. For that money, he just can't just roll in there and just do a game and then go home. No, they have a meeting with sponsors. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I would imagine so. So the way this works, Cap, is like I think that Tom Brady will be fine as a broadcaster. However, you can go through the slippery slope of the all-time greats trying to do this. Magic Johnson, uh, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Namath. You know, some of the best of the best are not very good at this. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Usually that is like, um, you know, an assistant coach. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, some of the best of the best are not very good as a broadcaster. I think that Tom is going to be fine. I think that uh, I think he's going to be a good broadcaster. I mean, you still got to be able to reach where Aikman is right now, right? Or Greg, where Greg Olson is now. Uh, I just think that Brady will be – I don't know if he's going to be spectacular, but I think he'll be very solid at the job and better than Romo because that's not a high bar. Hey, yeah, that's the lowest bar to clear as a broadcaster in my opinion. <laughs> but, Woody, yeah. I am like – I'm a little annoyed by this because, again, I've always taken an issue with the player who leaves football mm-hmm. and goes directly to the A booth. I had a problem when it happened to Tony Romo. I have an issue now when it's Tom Brady, not because I don't think Tom Brady's qualified or he can't do the job, but Greg Olson has been around for a while and he's doing such a good job as a commentator that now Brady, just on name alone, gets to retire and go straight to the A booth with almost no broadcaster training. Who cares? I care. I care as a broadcaster. I got to listen to Tony Romo on Sundays. Guy retired straight to the A booth, no training, and he's a disaster. I can't stand it. Shea prefers the the Chris Myers-Tom Brady booth. For those the Arizona Cardinal games. Correct. <laughs> and don't you, don't tell me that this is about ratings. They will rate no matter who's calling the games. So it do, that is it true. does not matter. So where does Tom Olsen Brady. end up? What do y'all think? Where, where do you think Greg Olson will end up? Where will he go? Well, what's the number two booth on Fox? Is that is that Kenny Albert? That's Ke- what, uh, let's see. Kevin Burkhart will be working with Brady then. Yeah. What's the what's the Albert booth? There's a Chris Myers booth. That's like uh, booth eight. 
there's a there's a that's the Apple Watch the Apple Watch screen. Yeah, yeah, that's the one on my old Apple Watch. That's why I said I said I said Shea prefers the Chris Myers Tom Brady booth, the Arizona Cardinal game. That's what I said. Right. The, the, there's the Adam Amin booth. Which Adam Amin's awesome. There's that booth. That's I think that's number four. Hoodie, he's good. this poor guy's going to wash up to doing uh, late night college football with Tim Brando. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have Greg, Greg Olson washing up to Tim Brando six bourbons deep doing late night college football. So who's booth two? <laughs> It's so funny Shane says that, says that because I've been out with Brando doing that, those bourbon shots. Wow. Is, it, is it Joe Davis in booth two? Yeah, but who's his, who's his analyst? Uh, is it is it Daryl Johnston? Who's who's with him? I think I think it's right. I think you nailed it right there. Yep. So so where so where does Greg Olson go? That's a solid t- booth, by the way. With I'm Joe, telling you, you Tim know. Brando and Greg Olson. And Greg Olson's going to just quit. <laughs> He's just going to take him three games. He's going to be like, you know what? Let me see if I can work a deal at Amazon Prime. Yeah, number one <laughs> is Burkhart, Olson, Aaron Andrews, Tom Rinaldi. Booth two is Joe Davis, Daryl Johnson, Pam Oliver. Booth mm-hmm. three is Amin Schlereth, Christina Pink. And then it goes down to the, the Chris Myers booth. Uh, yes. and, let's and see. There's, there's also a Gus Johnson booth if they have like an extra game. Okay, then it goes to Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma, Shannon Spake, Kevin mm-hmm. Kugler, Mark Sanchez, Laura ah, Oakman. The then it booth. says C. Dark Web, Chris Myers, Robert Smith, Jen Hale, <laughs> yep. Mike Pereira, Dean times. Blandino are your rules analysts. Yeah. Yeah, we got a couple of Mark Sanchez booths. We Maybe they put Olsen in the studio. They should put him with Amin. Get a Chicago booth going. That'd be cool. It's fine with me. Maybe they put so. him in the studio. Don't put what, him in the studio. The, He's great on games. I don't want the good games guys doing studio work. And, and by the way, there's already eight guys on Fox. I mean, it's already like a... Yeah, what happens to poor Gronk? No, with, <laughs> with James Brown's hairline. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's naturally black hair as we go around the NFL. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? All right, time to go around the National Football League. We do it every day. Here is Shane Orland. Uh, before the wild card round started, I organized the 14 NFL quarterbacks into tiers. Yes. I am now revisiting some of those tiers. Some stay uh-huh. the same, some change a little bit. Hold on, Shane. Let me get a fresh yellow pad page here so I can write this down. All right, I'm ready. Go Bring ahead. it on. All right, the bottom tier on my sheet, the seller, is still the Joe Flacco tier, and it consists of Joe Flacco. I just don't know what to do with him. Aww. He was so good in spurts, and then the two pick sixes against Houston. It's just Joe Flacco is Joe Flacco. And he's, he's 38 going back years to his, old. Going and, back yeah, to his couch. He's going to be watching on TV again next year. Yeah. Put him in a booth. He- he beat the Bears' ass. Tell you that. Yes, he did. Threw for two twelve in the fourth quarter. That's more than the guy that people are fighting to keep here throws for in a game. Shay, that's got to be the feeling for Joe Flacco has to be. Boy, that was fun. Now back to the Doritos in the couch. He's got to feel good about. It. I mean, I mean, just I mean, just to get up, just feel like you can lead a team, get to the playoffs, and you you do feel accomplished in that. That you were able to do that. That's pretty cool. It's like playing Thanksgiving football for him. He's like, damn, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to go eat some food. Uh, one uh-huh. tier up from the Joe Flacco tier. Bad. That's the name of this tier. Bad. Bad. It, okay. It, it's Mason Rudolph. Oh. That's it. Well, that's yeah, he's good. not good. <laughs> he's just not yeah. a very good player. No. It's okay. Not, not a good. shot. Not go, good. They'll go back to uh, Kenny Pickett next or season. Or trade for Justin. Or, yeah, or trade for Justin Fields. With Arthur other. Smith, who I told you was good, did a great job with Ryan Tannehill. Telling you. I actually don't hate him as an offensive coordinator. Just don't put him, don't allow him to make any type of personnel decision. None. Right. I Correct. think, yeah, I think that, I think that's fair. So Mason Rudolph in the bad category, the bad tier. Okay. 
All right, one tier up. This gets a little crowded. Game managers. Two with Tagovailoa. Yeah. Jared Goff. Brock Purdy and Baker Mayfield are in the game managers category. I think these are quarterbacks that can be excellent in ideal situations. But like for Tua, things really had to be ideal. The defense had to be operating at full strength. The play calling had to be great. The protection had to be great. The weather had to be great for him to operate at the full capabilities. For Goff, when the offensive line wasn't fully healthy throughout the season, things looked bad. When it was, things looked great. Brock Purdy, listen, Robert Mays told Waddle and Sylvie yesterday he's doing more with this offense than Jimmy Garoppolo could, but it ain't really him. It's the elite play caller in Kyle Shanahan and the bevy of weapons and the protection that he gets up front that allows him to operate at a very high level. And Baker Mayfield, I think, is a chance to be really good, but right now still in this game manager category where everything's got to be right for him to succeed. I do have a question regarding Tua. Because you have him at the top of this game manager's list. So, Shay, do you feel like he, this is all that he'll ever be? Because I've heard also Justin Fields' name uh, bandied about uh, regarding the Miami situation as well. Justin to Miami. I've heard that as well. Boy, do, that would do you be think odd. To, yeah, that would Tua, shock me. Do you think Tua could ever grow from just being a game manager? That's the question. I, we are still only, what, six seasons removed from the tank for Tua d- conversations? Yeah, I'm not a huge Tua guy. He's okay. I I don't know. Like, you see flashes, and it's the Lewis Riddick flashes get you fired. Uh-oh. But yeah. you do see flashes that are like, he can really be incredible. I just, is the arm strength ever going to be good enough? Because the underthrows kill me. It feels like Tyreek Hill has to bail him out on bad throws a bunch. Everything's got to be built where it's two seconds or less balls out, and it's because the reads are all there. Mike McDaniel's play calling is fantastic. I don't know. This it might just be who he is. It's not an insult. Being a game manager can get you to a Super Bowl. Goff was sure. on the doorstep. Purdy is there. All right. What's the next tier? Uh, the next tier is th- this is interesting because I don't actually value this any higher than the game manager tier. These players mm-hmm. should be better than the game manager tier. But I don't want to hear from them anymore. I don't want to hear you talk. If you're in this, I don't want to hear you talk. Talk with your play. You got to prove it. Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. I've heard enough out of you. You want to be the man. Show us on Sunday. Okay, one of those did go to a Super Bowl and almost won it. Like Jalen has. what happened? They had a bad year this year, man. That team's got to go through a bit of a retooling. Got some older players and lose two guys to retirement. But you know what, Cap? To to be fair, Jalen Hurts in the should be better better category is fair because he's got more to shoot for, right? I mean, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles regressed, so yes, he should be better than this past season with Dak Prescott. I don't know if there's anything more that we're going to see from Dak Prescott because the numbers are impressive. It's just when the light shine brightest in the playoffs where Dak just and the team disappears. And Lamar, two-time MVP, in that spot, at home against Kansas City, you couldn't do any more than what you could do offensively. Blame the offensive coordinator, but also the undisciplined nature of the weapons around Lamar, offense and defense. So I I agree with that category. But I think Dak is who he is. I don't expect anything more from Dak Prescott. I do not. But Lamar and Jalen, they still have more room to grow. I would agree with that. Boy, and Dak may get a monster contract, which locks him in for basically the rest of his career. Insane. Well, well you see, I, the report is right it, now is yeah. Jerry won't commit. Jerry's a little hesitant to commit to Dak Prescott. And he can't tag him. So, so here's, where, here's where you are with Dallas. You won't commit to Dak and you won't commit to McCarthy. Interesting. Right, because if they go out next year and have 10, 12 wins and get knocked out in the divisional round or, or earlier, see you later, guys. I appreciate everything. We're going to rebuild this thing. Yeah, or does he force his way out, Deck? You got an owner who won't commit to you long term. You can't be tagged. You kind of have all of the cards in your hand. Mm-hmm. God, I don't want to be here. See what you can get for me. And Jerry right. could say, guess what? I'm not trading you. You're playing here, or you can make your $40 million somewhere else in another line of work. 
because they won't be quarterback, right, Cap? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, he can't leave Dallas. You are an he, Alamo car rental salesman. If you're not going to play for the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, if I was the owner, you don't want to be here because I won't give you a big contract? Guess what? I don't have a better option right now. You want to play? I'll reward you if you earn it. Nope, I want to be traded. Guess what? Go work at Alamo Rental Car then because you're not playing for anybody else. How about I'm that? Tired of owners caving in to prima donna athletes. Play the game, make your $40 million, and you want to get taken care of? Do something in the postseason. Yeah, how about that, Jay Moore? I mean, Cap has got uh, Dak Prescott just got chained to the Dallas Cowboys or, or the Dallas area like Black Snake Moan. The man, he just he can't move. It's amazing. He has to stay in Dallas, right, Cap? But he but he can't be the quarterback of Dallas. He has no, to go someplace else. He can be the quarterback of Dallas. Uh huh. I'm paying you forty million or whatever he gets. Yeah, you want to play this year, but you're not going to demand a trade. Sorry. That's fair. All right, what's the next category? All right, I got two more tiers. I'll go through them quickly. The okay. next tier is game changers. Game changer. I have Josh Allen, who I do still believe will get over the hump one day. He was fantastic for the most part in that game against Kansas City. Just couldn't get it done again. It's a team issue. It can be a coaching issue. They might have some struggles this offseason. We'll see. C.J. Stroud, who I think is an MVP candidate throughout his career on the rise. What a Stroud. rookie season. Matthew Stafford in that Detroit game, I didn't think it was his fault. I thought it was McVay getting a little conservative at the goal line. He should have trusted that quarterback more. And, yikes, Jordan Love. Fair. Wow. A game changer? Yeah. Game changer category, Mahomes. Nope. No, Allen. Josh Allen, Jordan Love, C.J. Stroud, and Matthew Stafford. Mahomes is in a different tier. Mahomes' tier is Patrick Mahomes. That's fair. (laughs) <laughs> Wait a minute. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is in the Patrick Mahomes tier alone, on, on his own, well in front of everyone. God uh, bless. Shay, that's, uh, Shay, that's good marketing right there. The Mahomes category is Mahomes. Okay. I like it. All right. Yeah. We got. We have a Waddle Wednesday. And when we get Tom Waddle in our lives, we are all smarter and better for it. You can be Correct. dumber and listen to Mike Lombardi, or you can but, be intelligent and listen to the great Gregory Thomas Waddle, and he joins us next.